where you get us. I know like with narcissists, like extreme narcissists as well, because they, they lack empathy. That's a dangerous thing when you lack empathy, I, I think, because they can't feel for you. You can yeah. be on the side of the road, you know, spurting blood and they're like, see, ya, I'm walking over you. <laughs> but but it's such a I think my, my theory on that is that, you know, you have what we call young souls and old souls. Yeah. You put a young soul through the Navy SEAL boot camp and they go berserk. Yeah. You put an old soul through a Navy SEAL boot camp and they become amazing beings. And and so I strive, you know, to look at all these from us. I huh, yeah, just a young soul. Don't want to hang around you, but I won't judge you because probably went through the same thing at some point in my evolution. Ah, uh, oh, Dr. Lisa, I love you. You're awesome. Welcome to Out of the Box with Christine. Are you willing to step into your greatness? Are you ready to shine? Well, get ready, Truth Seeker. You're in for an amazing ride. And now, here's the host of the show, Christine Blasdale. Welcome back to Out of the Box with Christine. I am your host, Christine Blasdell, your expert authority business coach. And I am very happy today uh, to have someone on who we're going to talk about something that is um, a passion of mine. And that is, of course, dealing with our self-conscious beliefs, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of that. Uh, Dr. Lise Janelle is with me today, and she is a human potential expert. She is the creator of the Heart Freedom Method. She's an author and podcast host as well of the show called Soul Worthy Love. So from one fellow podcaster to another, welcome to Out of the Box, Dr. Lise. Thank you, Christine. Thank you for having me. Joy love- to be with you. And I love that you're a podcaster, too, because you understand the whole thing. You, you get it. Um, uh, I was very excited about having you on because, as I mentioned in the uh, beginning there, um, I love the I love the field of dealing with our self-conscious, our our unconscious, unconscious beliefs that we have. And um, can you just talk to, to people a little bit about the whole idea of um, our conscious uh, our conscious thoughts, which might be like, yes, I'm going to be successful, but then those other thoughts, those other beliefs that are in the background, can you give a little bit of a breakdown on that? Yes, that's such a good question. Um, I'll give you an example, just because it's so extreme that people are going to go, whoa. So I have an Olympic level skier. She came to see me because she had not placed in two years. So being a Canadian Olympic skier, you have to make huge sacrifices. Like you're training all the time. You have no money, like no social life. Like obviously, consciously, you want to win. Right. But look and behold, when I did the subconscious work with her, I tested her on, I want to win. Subconsciously, she didn't want to win. We went back to when she was seven years old, when she was a little kid, she was already a really good skier, but her brothers were not. So mom was hiding her medals and her trophies not to upset her brothers. So now she had associated winning with making other people feel poorly. 
Right. So as an adult, your teammates feel like siblings, even your competitors. Sometimes you go for a, a drink afterwards and, you know, so when the Pavlovian bell rings and you're trying to win, but subconsciously it's going to make people feel poorly. She was always like at high levels when that's why I love working with driven people because twitching just these list little things like that makes a huge difference so i work with her we did other things too and she ended up and on the podium the next race wow so what i like about this example it's so extreme because obviously if you consciously focused on being an olympic level athlete you want to win but relatively speaking your conscious mind that wants something is the size of a football and your subconscious mind that's there to keep you alive, the football field. Oh, right. So that, that's a huge difference. So no matter how driven you are, you're going to feel resistance. And I always use my yin and yang. But so when our subconscious mind has associated more pain than pleasure, more danger than safety to something we want, it won't let us have it. Always you know the timing will always be off. You're going to say the perfect thing at the wrong time or the wrong thing at the perfect time. You're going to meet the perfect person when like it's the wrong timing for you. Like all of these things happen because subconsciously it's too dangerous mm. and it creates inner resistance and you can kind of feel it inside of you. You feel like you're moving forward, but it doesn't feel clear. When, when I work with someone and we align everything, it's like your higher self, your mind, your heart and your emotions, everything becomes in line. And all of a sudden you feel it. It's kind of clear line. And people who are athletes, people listening to me right now, are like those of you who have had goals, you know. You know what I'm talking about. When everything feels in alignment, it feels great. You know that you know that you know it's going to happen. But when you have a subconscious belief working against you, it's like, it feels like it's scrambled. It doesn't feel so clean. Like it feels like inner resistance. It feels like like a bit of work <laughs> as well. Because <laughs> yeah, like we have three clues that you have a subconscious belief working against you. Number one, you know what needs to be done, but you're not doing it. The famous procrastination. So the good news is it's not that you're lazy. It's not that you lack willpower. It's because for you, it's too dangerous to do these things that would get you where you want. Number two, you know what needs to be done. You're doing it, but it feels like drudgery. Mm. Like you're on a health diet and all this cookie looks so good and you say no but you know as soon as you over your time of eating well then like you just start devouring everything number three is you keep doing everything right but you get the opposite results and that drives my really driven clients bananas Crazy. because yeah so dedicated and they try everything, but until like you can take 10,000, you know, courses on business, on management, on public speaking or whatever, but it never gels up. Why? Because it's not safe for you to have that thing you really want. What? Uh, it's so, so true because I, as as a coach myself working with people, I can see that they have that passion, that they have that desire. And it, it, 
it just seems like it's this elusive dream for them, right? Because they're working so hard. And and they feel frustrated because they're they're like, I have to work harder. And I always say, don't you don't need to ne- you don't need to necessarily work harder. You need to work smarter. <laughs> but 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 the, the the thing of I gotta put the nose to the grindstone, I gotta I gotta do more. I have to and when you're in that flow, as you were saying, you don't have to work as hard, do you? When you're in that no. flow. Yeah, it's it's very freeing. That's why I called it the heart freedom method because you feel it like it frees because as human beings you can live through your mind and live through your gut which is your emotions or you can live through your heart a brilliant mind is revered but i can guarantee you if you face a challenge that your mind cannot overcome that's when people just crash yeah when you feel your emotions they also get in the way whether it's super elation like remember when you first meet someone that you fell in infatuation with and it's like oh my goodness i the only thing you can think about is this person and it gets in the way because these emotions are so strong or when you feel depressed and you can't focus either so the goal is to actually this is what i found works the best is to get people into being really clear about their purpose in life, what brings them joy from their heart, not from their head, not from their emotions, but from their heart. And then to get organized and move forward. And as you move forward, you're going to meet obstacles. But if you're smart, what you learn to do is you learn to use obstacles for yourself. There's only two reasons we face an obstacle or challenge. One is because you need to master something because obviously if you mastered it, it wouldn't be a challenge. Right. Number two, it's sending you in a direction that you either know we need to go, but you're kicking and screaming, not wanting to go. Or sometimes you're not aware where it's sending you. That's when you really need to dig in and know you're worthy of love and just keep find, looking for the way out. Like for me, one of the reasons I'm doing this with you right now is because in 1988, my father was diagnosed with terminal cancer and given nine months to live. That was three weeks before my sister's wedding. One week after my sister's wedding, my 21-year-old brother died in a car accident. Oh wow! And then within a month of that, the person I thought I was going to marry broke up with me. And it was like, ow, 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 ow. ow. So it was a big, huge challenge. And to survive it, it sent me on a quest to understand what it takes to live a great life, no matter what's happened in your life, because it's not if these things are going to happen, it's when they happen. Because I've asked these questions to thousands of people because I do public speaking and teach seminars. Raise your hand if you've never had huge challenges in your life, and guess what? With thousands of people, only one person raised her hand. There was a young girl, and she said, me, and I'm scared that when I end up facing a challenge, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. So... When we are clear on who we are and what we want to create with our life, then we need to use challenges to our advantage. Let us let them guide us because it's happening for us, not to us. And then just as much the things that feel good, sometimes we get stuck wanting to do only the things that feels good and that's just as dangerous. So whether we suck our thumb when we face challenges that poor me, what's wrong with me? Or we go, oh, this is so nice. I'm going to stay here. Those two things, we need to learn to master them to get where we want to go. Mm. 
and isn't the 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 when we have obstacles in life and how we how we look at them in the in the immediate moment it can be uh devastating and 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 you go through all those emotions you're mourning you're feeling loss uh you're feeling that that maybe that feeling of why me why is this happening to me uh but then you can have that moment where you step back a bit and not so much say what is this teaching me but what is this teaching me <laughs> right so my, my trick is when i face a challenge and that's what i recommend all my clients i feel uh, I face the challenge and I allow myself to feel the emotions, <laughs> whatever the emotion. I'm not enlightened. It's like, okay, for five, 10 minutes, I feel the emotion. I allow it to come through me. And then I go, okay. Yeah. Since I'm worthy of love, what's really going on? Yes. What am I supposed to learn? Where is this guiding me? How am I going to turn this to my advantage? And it's so important to start with since I'm worthy of love, because the reason why we feel emotion is because at that moment, we have the illusion that you can have challenges in life just because something is wrong with you. No, everybody faces challenges. Right. It's like, at what point did you stop being worthy of love? Like, is a baby worthy of love? Is a toddler in the throes of the terrible two still worthy of love? Is a teenager worthy of love? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At what point do we stop being worthy of love? I, 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 I like that. I really like that approach. I really like that approach. And and also, there's a skill set in knowing what I call not going down the drain. You know, when you mm -hmm. fill your bathtub and you, you lift the, the drain thingy out, the plug, the water goes down and it's, and it's, it's got its action. It's going down. And sometimes in life, when something happens, we can, we can tend to go down the drain, meaning like, even if, if somebody doesn't, you know, the person that you're, that you're seeing that you're dating doesn't text you back right away. Right. Mm -hmm. Or, or sounds a bit curt in there, a little rough in their text, then our minds go crazy and start saying oh they must be having an affair they're gonna break up with me they're whatever whatever we could come up with our imaginations are brilliant but then we start to go down that drain and it's a skill set in knowing how to stop how to put the plug back in and step away a split second to step away and to look at it almost like an outside observer Right. And that's I find that's, that's helped that's, me. That's helped me is to, to do that thing where you it's kind of when people what they say when they're uh, a near death experience or they're they're about to meet a really bad demise. Their soul there. They, they separate from it and they can look at the accident and they can go, oh, well, that's the way I'm supposed to go. Uh, I don't want to go that way. You know, I don't want to be hit by a bus and die. I, I think I'll come back. You know that. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Mm hmm. And that's why I like using since I'm worthy of love, because emotions, that thing when we feel we're going down the drain, emotions happen because we have the illusion of being unworthy of love. Illusions, mm. emotions mm. happen because we have the illusion of being unworthy of love. Since you're worthy of love. And that's why if you do this, like if you start with 
since I'm worthy of love, then we calm ourselves down. We're not spinning in our emotions. Then the amygdala, where all the emotions are stored, can calm down. Now you have access to the frontal cortex and you can start thinking clearly. So since I'm worthy of love, why is this really going on? Why is it that they didn't text me? Well, maybe they're having lunch and they don't have time to call me back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, since I'm worthy of love, that's all that's going on. Or maybe, you know, they got a belly ache. Or Because when we start going into emotions, especially in relationship, that's when we create drama. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like you have two happy people together, you can have a pretty good time in a relationship. If you have two miserable people together, they're not going to live happily ever after. If you have one person who's happy and the other person that's not, that creates lots of drama. So it's our job, it's our, it's our responsibility to make sure that we are happy within ourselves. Mm. And we don't look to someone outside of us to make us happy. Sure, a partner should be like a best friend, but would you ever ask your best friend to leave their life and take care of you? No. <laughs> like when we have friends, we're supposed to be there for each other, but yeah. never at the expense of the self. Like I would never ask my friends to give up on their life to take care of me. But when we end up in romantic relationship, all of a sudden we expect our partner to be our suitor to take care of everything. To be a stop. psychologist and a therapist and a massage person and everything. I think what you said too is important. At every single marriage uh, ceremony, I think one of the things, other than you know, um, you know, in sickness and in health and blah blah blah, uh, is I promise to not depend on you at, for my happiness, but to become to work and make sure that I'm happy within myself. That mm -hmm. would be a great little thing to add in there because you see and you see it on the news. And you see it in your, you know, community, people that um, that are putting all of that on their partner. You don't make me happy. You know, you don't make enough money. You don't do this for me. And instead of it being the responsibility of ourselves, right? It's funny because whenever I have someone who comes to see me and they have a list this long of all the things their partner are not doing to make them. <laughs> yeah. So how's your career going? <laughs> and it's never going the way. So they're looking to their partner to take, you know, and I call that like, that's the immature relationship. The first relationship we have usually is our mother. And when you're a baby and something doesn't go right, it's like, mommy, pick me up, come and soothe me, make yeah. me feel safe, make me like, play with me. And when the Pavlovian bell rings again, when you're in a romantic relationship, we become like a six months old. That's looking, oh, oh, come and make me feel better. No, that's not the job of your partner. Yeah, they can give you a hug and a kiss. But who's going to make you happy is you doing the work. It, mm. and nobody else can do the work but you. And again, I use my yin and yang. This is my visual for happiness. This is my visual for success. The yin is the female principle of listening to, to the heart. The first thing our heart wants us to know is that we're worthy of love. Yeah. And we need to let go of any illusion to the opposite. The second thing our heart wants us to know is our dreams and aspirations. So we need to first listen. Then we need to organize our time to give what our heart wants us. Ta-da! 
That's all. <laughs> this is a good visual for a successful life. If you do this, you're going to live an amazing life. But most of us don't do that. We're stuck constantly trying to manipulate the world around us to tell us how great we are. And guess what? The world around us is so busy with their own stuff, they don't have time for us. <laughs> when those those self-conscious or unconscious uh, beliefs, that's the size of the football field, as you said, right? The conscious mind is the, the football. <laughs> and and the uh, the unconscious mind is that football field. I I understand that a lot of that happens is uh, created, developed when we're very young. And I think it, they've said it's like the first seven years. We believe everything. We that's why we have such great imaginations when we're kids. Right. We think we are a cowboy and an astronaut all at the same time. And and so those little moments when someone says something um, hurtful to us as we're children growing up. And it doesn't have to be a, necessarily a parent. If it is a parent, it would, it, I would think it would be even a stronger impact, but even somebody, a, a, another kid on the playground says something, right? And we hold on to that. Um, can you talk about that? And how do you, when you're working with clients, how do you, uh, how do you, how do you find that, that, that day on the playground? And then how do you, how do you remove that or, help it help put the band-aid on it <laughs> yeah like and i believe that we create our own stories like for example i remember being a little kid like i think it was like three or four years old and my uncle used to have these great parties and i would go down there and i would be dancing and i'm having a grand old time i don't care there's no other kids it's just me and then this woman there says looks at me she goes Wow, look at her. She's not even shy. And I'm sure she just thought it was cute. But for me, I went, oh, I'm supposed to be shy? What else don't I know? So I created wow. a whole story on mm. something that was not, you know, challenging, but I created a story. And so the way I work with this, and I've literally worked with thousands of people one-on-one -on -one to do this work. And after doing this a few times, you start seeing patterns. Otherwise, you're pretty thick if you can't see the patterns. <laughs> <laughs> so what I saw is that I called it, we have two stages to human development. The first one is the unconscious sleep and fantile stage. We all go through that one. Yeah. The second one is the conscious awakened mature stage. And if we're lucky, this is where we spend most of our time. What's the difference between one and two? The first one comes from the fact that right from the get-go, love has to come from the outside for us to survive. If nobody comes, we die. So we get totally fixated in getting love coming from the outside. And when the world reacts to us in a way that we like, we think, I'm queen, I'm king of the world, I'm amazing, I can have anything I want. But when the world does not react to us the way we want, we start creating stories. So a very common one I've had, so common, is like when we were born, they don't do that as much anymore, they would put us in the nursery and you could cry and cry and cry and cry your little heart out and nobody would come. So now you create the story, what's wrong with me? Wow. 
And if you keep crying and nobody comes, it hurts. And then you go, I'm going to stop asking for what I want. Remember the two things our heart wants us to know. He wants us to know we're worthy of love and he wants us to admit what our dreams and aspirations. So a lot of us stop, you know, listening to our heart because of that. Mm. And then we grow up and then mom has the audacity to have another baby. What's wrong with me? Right. That story. <laughs> and then you go to school, you have a best friend one thing, but the next day somebody's got a better toy than yours and now you're abandoned. What's wrong with me? And then you have your first crush and then you get crushed and then what's wrong with you? And we keep creating these stories that disconnect us from our heart and we constantly look to the outside world and you will never, ever get the outside world to care more about making you feel loved loving loving and lovable than you mm -hmm. and i give an analogy of the stage one and I, I call that the boot camp and there are three boot camps like some people are born into a musical boot camp life is so easy when they grow up and you know it's not challenging the problem is once they graduate from that school that boot camp then they get hit with this stuff <laughs> exactly it's like oh that's hard then there are people who are born into the athletic boot camp and they get supported and challenged and they develop, you know, pretty good, strong muscles, but they still have the illusion that something is wrong with them when they face challenges. The most challenging one, but in my opinion, one of the best one is the Navy SEAL boot camp. And if you survive Hell Week, <laughs> you're a superhero. <laughs> But the problem with the Navy SEAL boot camp is like, what's wrong with me for having had this childhood? Nice. And it's the whole thing is just a boot camp. No matter which boot camp you went through, nothing is wrong with you. But you needed this boot camp. And I, I believe that it was the, every single one of us was born exactly in the circumstances we needed to bring out the best out of us if we start looking at it that way. So my whole work is about helping people look back at what's happened to them and get gratitude, no matter how challenging it was. Remember my story, 1988? That was part of my story. So that once you get there, most people, they come to see me when something super challenging happened. Either they lose their, their money, their career, their health, like something super challenging happens and they go, okay, the way I've been living sucks. I need to find a different way of living. Or they get inspired. They listen to your podcast. <laughs> when wow, maybe I should talk to Christine and go get myself out of where I am. So when people are ready, they end up then in stage two, which I call heaven on earth. So you mm. can create heaven on earth or hell on earth in the boot camp. And the difference is that in stage one, what happened is you run away from pain towards pleasure, compensating all the time for how inadequate you are because you're having so much pain. What's wrong with me? To you graduate from stage stage one to stage two, and you start using everything out of inspiration. Mm -hmm. You look at your life, you become clear on what your heart wants for you, and now you start using both sides of your existence to make you happier each day. And you can use everything you've learned in your boot camp to your advantage in stage two. And that's when, once you realize that you'd be willing, you know you've healed your life, the day you would be willing to do it all over again, exactly the same way, or have your own kids go through it because you understand 
how necessary it was for you to become the beautiful human being you are today. Wow. That's, yeah, that's powerful. That's really, really powerful. And it's a flip of the script too, isn't it? Because so many, and we, we can see that as well. So many people who've, who've had something happen when they're really young or have not had, you know, have had the boot camp, the hard boot camp, the Navy SEAL boot camp. Um, and then as they've grown up, um, haven't ha have this idea of uh, I was put through something bad, so I'm going to put others through something bad. And that's where you get us. I know, like with narcissists, like extreme narcissists as well, because they, they lack empathy. That's a dangerous thing when you lack empathy, I, I think. Um, it's a scary thing if somebody doesn't have that empathy because they can't feel for you. You can yeah. be on the side of the road, you know, spurting blood and they're like, see, ya, I'm walking over you. <laughs> but but it's such a I think my, my theory on that is that, you know, you have what we call young souls and old souls. Yeah. You put a young soul through the Navy SEAL boot camp and they go berserk. Yeah. You put an old soul through a Navy SEAL boot camp and they become amazing beings. And and so. I strive, you know, to look at all these from us. I huh, yeah, just a young soul. Don't want to hang around you, but I won't judge you because probably went through the same thing at some point in my evolution. Ah, uh, oh, Dr. Lise, I love you. You're awesome. Um, I, I, you are, you, um, I love your energy. I love your perspective. Uh, and I appreciate your wisdom that you've shared with us today. Um, you're great. <laughs> if people want to find out more about the work that you do and reach out to you, where should they go? Uh, my website is heartfreedommethod.com. And if you go there, you'll have some goodies that you can download that you're going to have access to. And if you feel you resonate with the work, my goal since 1989, is my goal has been to, I wanted to bring optimizing the life of a million people through reconnecting them with their hearts. So I cannot do that on my own. So if, if some of you are listening right now and you'd like to become a coach that uses this method, I have a certification program and it's heart freedom coach. And I would love, 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 love to have you guys. Awesome. Well, anybody that comes from, from listening to this show, it'll be a great student. Just me. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I'll make sure that we have uh, links uh, in the show notes so people can just click on that and visit the heartfreedommethod.com, uh, the website for you. And I'll also put a link uh, as well to the show, your, your, um, your podcast show, Soul Worthy Love. We'll put that link in the show notes as well. All right. Great. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, again, my guest today has been Dr. Lise Janelle. You can find out more information by going to heartfreedommethod.com. She is a human potential expert, creator of the Heart Freedom Method, author and podcast host herself of Soul Worthy Love. Thank you so much, Dr. Lise. And I want to thank you, of course, wonderful listeners and viewers. Um, thank you so much for your messages and for your support throughout all of these years. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can on all the major platforms, uh, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. And if you want to see my lovely guest and her yin yang uh, little uh, props that she had, uh, you can watch this video on YouTube and make sure you subscribe there. All right. Until next time, take care. And as I always say at the end of shows, uh, remember to think outside that damn box. Bye for now.